Welcome to Sitcom Geeks. We are at the Llandudno Craft of Comedy Festival. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And uh, we're joined uh, today by a great comedy writer and uh, performer as well, actually. Uh, uh, you said the word performer is a bit of, a, bit of an afterthought <laughs> surprise. That's yeah. how well, I describe uh, myself as a writer. Yeah. And a performer as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I was remembering all the writing and then I was suddenly remembering the, the show that I saw you do yeah. the, uh, with, with Gus Brown. But uh, Lawrence Howarth is uh, with us. Hello, Dave. Hello, James. Hello, Very Lawrence. Nice Thank to be you here. for being on the show. Pleasure. We're going to talk to you about uh, your, your writing, uh, sitcom and sketch writing. Um, but actually, uh, you, are, you are the news <laughs> at mm. this point, aren't you? Because mm. uh, you are... Uh, you are I'm, uh, I'm not David Baddiel. You're not yes, David Baddiel. Yeah, amongst other things. Uh, you're the man they tried to silence. But, uh, <laughs> I'm part uh, of a Zionist conspiracy yeah. or something. So I, I'm either part of one or I'm against one. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the two. You yes. are basically the man who wrote the Jeremy Corbyn sketches yes. on the Tracy Ullman show. Yes, that's right. And so to, it, it, this slightly strange situation occurred. I wrote a series of sketches about Jeremy Corbyn uh, for Tracy Breaks the News, Tracy Ullman's topical sketch show. And the first one of the series, which, as we speak, has just finished, uh, caused a bit of a fuss from Jeremy Corbyn supporters, and they didn't like it because it was a sketch about Corbyn's history to do with Sinn Féin and to do with uh, links with Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, understandably, perhaps, that this was an area... I mean, it was an, the sketch was about Corbyn not wanting to go into all of that, and, and his supporters uh, echoed those sentiments, as it were. But particularly what's happened was that one of the people who objected to the sketch tweeted, I think unintentionally giving the impression that David Baddiel had written the sketch. He was unhappy that something that David had done on Frankie Boyle's show previously. Well, I, I think it was, uh, it was that, um, oh, uh, anybody who criticises uh, Jeremy Corbyn on anti-Semitism, uh, they're, they're, uh, it, it can only be David yeah. Baddiel yeah. because he did it. Therefore... Uh, all criticism of Jeremy Corbyn on the BBC is by David Baddiel. Now that that was kind of the thrust of it. I think. Wow, that's yeah, an extra yeah, whole I mean, it, I, I, I'm sure that the guy doesn't doesn't think that that's what he was saying. But as we writers particularly know, uh, once you put something out there, the meaning of it is you don't own the meaning of it. And what he actually said was, I mean, one of those things where if you'd written it as a character. You, a producer would have said, I think, I think, I think nobody would be quite that, would, would betray themselves quite that blatantly. He more or less said, to me, I thought it was very clear, he said, this sketch about how the left has a problem with anti-Semitism is so wrong, it could have been written by a Jew, was pretty much what he was saying. Right. And, okay. and, and you think... Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, you yeah. really don't. Your the ironyometer has exploded, and you're just you know with the smoke going around your ears, yeah. and you've not noticed. You've not heard it go. You've off. not heard it going yeah. off. It's so, extraordinary. Yeah. Quite extraordinary. So, can you talk us through then the next kind of uh, yeah. forty-eight, seventy-two hours of the uh, of the fallout? Yeah. So, uh, the fallout. yes. So, I I'm not on Twitter, which is I've sometimes thought is good a bad decision, you. but currently yeah. seems a, a, a pretty solid Very one. Very good. Uh, and. So I wasn't aware of this at all until the Sunday. So the show had gone out on the Friday night, but it had been, I subsequently found out, all over Twitter. And the David, he, David Baddiel, it, it had gone around. I think this original tweet had been picked up on by other people who took it to mean that David Baddiel had literally written it, not... It was it was such an outrage. It, it's as if David Baddiel had written it. As I say, I mean, the, the correction doesn't make which, it better. Which in itself, the, is, no, is yeah, an the, that, that's part of what was, say, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And George Galloway, amongst others, started attacking David Baddiel over this sketch. That that doesn't sound like the George we know. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, And it became this, you know, within... I mean, you always have to caveat these things with going within Twitter. Probably the number of people who were actually getting weighed in was 20 or something. I know it wasn't that many people. But various people involved in the show sort of got involved. Caroline Norris, the producer, uh, he found her Twitter handle and that's got... this main guy got her into the whole conversation as well and just kept at her and at her and sort of was extremely unhappy in calling the sketch propaganda and saying it was effectively saying that we were just trying to... The, the point of the sketch was to try and keep Jeremy Corbyn out of power. Um, and so by the Sunday night... I'd been playing cricket on Sunday. What an excellent uh, thing to be doing. Not, only, not thing, only are you not I, on I, Twitter, I, but you were playing cricket. Yes, quite. And uh, so, but when, I, when I came score, off, Scorny? Uh, I was keeping wickets. Oh, and I, okay. I was tidy, tidy oh, behind, the, okay. behind the timbers. You're yeah. a tall man for a wicketkeeper. Uh, I'm sort of, you know, I'm average height. I'm okay. average height. Okay. This may That's not be exactly the main... the sort of question yeah. that the son of a dairy farmer yeah, yes. would ask. <laughs> a, a man from Somerset um, would make. Yeah. Anyway, so I came off the pitch and, and there were lots of missed calls. And uh, the BBC were having a little bit of a... Uh, a, a pan- not panic is overstating it, but a bit of a... They were not wobble. sure what to do. A bit of a wobble. Mm. Thank you, James, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they... Because they thought to themselves, well, is it going to help things if we say, actually, the person who wrote the sketch was this person, or is that going to make it worse? Is that some form and it of was a very. It was a very... I, so I was really conflicted about it. And, in fact, I talked to other writers, I think you guys amongst them. The reason I was conflicted about it was that there was one part of me that thought, well, I did write the sketch. I mean, the sketch goes through other hands and it's the, the, the team of writers, we would all talk about every all the sketches and how we to improve them. And Tracy sh- shapes the sketches for, with her sensibility extremely well. Mm. But I thought, well, I did write the sketch and I, I'm proud of the sketch. And I think it was a funny sketch and so why shouldn't I get the credits? In a way, it's quite rare that writers get these specific credits. So there was a bit mm. of me thinking that way. But there was also a bit of me thinking... What it made the fact that I wrote it is, in terms of the story, completely immaterial because mm. no, I'm, n- nobody knows me in that way. Really, it's not like the fact of me re- writing it means that yeah. the sketch is different in some way. Yeah. And also, there was a bit of me that felt the BBC more or less said, "Are you, are you, are you happy f- uh, for us to name you?" Uh, which had a sort of slightly sinister and that slightly bubble of insecurity that we had about it had a slightly sinister air as if they were sort of going to push me forward one step and take two steps back themselves and go good luck Uh, see you you on the other side we'll be right behind you yes exactly yeah 15 Um, or 20 feet now that's that's not to say that they weren't supportive because they were but it felt like either decision that I took had problems with it really and so I talked to my agents and I uh, say talked to other writers and talked to my wife and uh, I in the end came down because the other, the other interesting thing was that quite a few other writers contacted me and say right you need what you need to do is name yourself and then get your agents to speak to the Guardian and you can write a column about satire and it was saying this is a great opportunity for you which depending on how you're minded to, to, to approach yeah. these things and what sort of career you would uh, like to get into as it were I could have done that probably but it wasn't for me and so is uh, the Guardian the obvious newspaper to be writing the Guardian had was the first newspaper to pick up on the thing and they so they put an article about it so that was at that stage the 
the, the obvious person to yeah. approach because it would be linked to the article they'd already done. I Fine. think it subsequently ran in the Sun and in mm. the you could have written for the sun. I could have written for the sun, yes. That was, I, yes missed, I missed right. my moment. Yeah, there. that was um, one of your life goals. It was. Yeah. Um, but in the end, so what in the end we did was we, the British Comedy Guide, who I think are you, you guys... They host they, our they host, podcast. Right, exactly. and are, we, we have nothing bad to say about these no, guys. No, uh, likewise. Mm. And uh, the guy who runs that, I think, knows Caroline Norris, the producer, and got in touch and said, look, we, we want to do a story about it. Would it's completely up to you. Would you want to tell us who actually wrote the sketch? And we felt in the end that that was a good way to go about it because then, A, it would be in the public domain and that would hopefully sort of have some effect of... Stopping wild stopping speculation. Stopping the absolute nonsense around Because the sketch could have been written by David Icke. You know, it, it will would, indeed, It yes. had probably moved yeah, on to well, that yes. by then uh, and David uh, Icke in turn would have blamed the lizards. <laughs> um, but at the same time, and, and also... From a, I have to say, it meant that probably the people in the industry would know that it yeah. was me, and that was I sort of thought, why mind the people in the industry knowing it was me because I think it's a good sketch, uh, but it will also not push me into the sort of limelight, particularly, yeah. which I was I very definitely did not want yeah. to do. I did not want to get into an argument with these people on Twitter because I thought it would, it yeah. would be a complete waste of time. Yeah, and you don't want to sort of publicly set the record straight in a look at me way, no. but do a, yeah. for, for, for your factual information, here is what you need to know. And if somebody was really interested and was did a bit of research, they could find out. Yeah. And it was there, so it was out there. But, um, was it, what but, we, but they weren't because they don't like yeah. to research and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Where's what, the fun in that? Yeah. I mean, what, what was quite interesting, we were chatting about this um, just, just, just when we came up yesterday, uh, and, and the, the, the important point being, you know, I know you, I've known you for 15, 20 years or so, you're, you know, you, you, you're, you're not a new writer, but... but but mm. at the point, if, if it had been somebody just starting out, and, you know, the, 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 it really felt like it was bullying and intimidation of, yeah. the, of, the, of the, really, of the worst kind. And, you know, it would have been quite a traumatic thing for a new Absolutely, writer. Absolutely, I think it and, would. You know, do you... I, I think that... So I think Caroline had a, a pretty unpleasant few days of... Because she, she, there were people including her in every single tweet they were sending and they were tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and not necessarily the things they were saying were not outright abuse as it were but it was the it, the relentless nature of it mm. was was troubling and also the fact is you don't know people on the internet you've no idea you don't know whether these people are angry but sane or angry and insane or yeah. you, don't, you don't because we don't know who these people or, are so and some of them might be robots some of them might be robots, or I mean, you mm. just so part of the problem is that they 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 will defend themselves by saying, "Oh, but I'm not that sort of person." But yeah, well, we don't know that. Yeah. I mean, and if but if somebody is keeps tweet, you know tweeting you hour after hour after hour in a sort of "I see you," "I know where you are," yeah. even online, that feels incredibly sinister. Yeah. And yeah. and as you say, Dave, and I think that is a really important point, is it, it could easily. I mean, I've certainly sort of looked at it and thought, I looked back at the sketch and thought, I really did research this sketch very carefully and I stand by every detail of it. Um, but even then I felt, 
oh, blimey, I'm very glad I had a Jacob Rees-Mogg sketch in the same show, because it felt like... But then, but then I sort of thought, well, hang on, why... why? I mean, it's, a, it's a funny thing, but You shouldn't matter. have to be thinking that, no, really. I should also, have to be thinking that you're writing... You're right, that's one sketch of many sketches in that show. You are one writer of other writers in that show. And also that one Jeremy Corbyn sketch is one of a number of sketches about Jeremy Corbyn. Yes, and, I mean, and there was, was, so sort, much of a, context was sort of atypical, there. actually, because... It probably was a tougher sketch in terms of what what was the implication of it, though I don't think it was in a, a critical sketch at all in that way. It was just about how there was there is the Jeremy Corbyn of the 1980s, who was this guy, and I'm old enough to remember Jeremy Corbyn from then. And it, you know, let's not say it's right or it's wrong, but he was a very different figure to who he is now. And part of what's funny about that is that people always say, Jeremy Corbyn hasn't changed, he's the same guy he's always been through. And that, can't, that can never be true of anybody. We all change. Mm. And we all, uh, also the context around us changes. Yeah. And therefore what gets emphasized in your political career changes as well. So the, the sketch was really about that. But, but yeah, no, exactly. It, it, the job of within a, when you're writing a sketch, you don't have to be balanced within a sketch. Yeah. A sketch is as that you take a line on somebody, yeah, yeah, it's and, one idea. and follow that line. Mm. But the show overall has, and you know, sketches about loads of stuff about the Conservatives, SNP, you know, stuff about Vince, the Lib Liberal Democrats. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, to so suggest right. that the show had this particular political bias was. I mean, it's so blitheringly foolish. It's a willfully... As to be, yeah, yeah, as to be yeah. not worth really commenting on. What, yeah. what, um, so, uh, good job that we haven't commented yeah. on it now. Yeah. Well, what, what particularly annoyed me as well, when I started to see that people were piling in on uh, Caroline as well, was that um, you know, I, I know from personal experience of working with Caroline um, the amount of uh, incredibly controversial stuff that she has managed to get onto TV through Horrible Histories. And the, the kind of stuff that we're allowed to write about on children's TV, you know, really heavy stuff about empire and about violence and, and history and, and, you know, things and, and, and attitudes and approaches to history that are very, very different to mainstream attitudes. And she got, you know, she, she, she was always pushed to get alternative views on and that that was what that particularly annoyed me because i mean it's interesting what you're saying about you don't know if these people what what uh, where the anger comes from but i think the important thing is about a lot of people is a lot of people don't know themselves that so they wouldn't say themselves that you know that, that actually they they, uh, they don't see it in the way that we see it they see it as we're labor jeremy corbyn always gets a bad time from the press whether yeah, that's yeah. true or not is debatable, but yeah. you know, and this is this is one more case of the BBC of the establishment yeah. uh, attacking um, at, attacking this poor, helpless, uh, you know, ca yeah. character, and I and I and I feel that. You know, pe people don't even necessarily know. I think someone said this the other day. I thought it was a great phrase. They don't know what they don't know. No. Yeah, and, and so they no, feel more right. emboldened. They feel it's the Dunning the Dunning Kruger effect, isn't it? Where mm. they call that, where people right. people with less knowledge tend to have more confidence. Yes, misplaced confidence yes. in the knowledge yeah. they do have. Thanks for listening to the Sitcom Geeks podcast. Hope you're enjoying this chat with Lawrence Howarth at the Craft of Comedy Festival in Clandudno. Apologies that the room is a little bit echoey, but we're grateful to Steve Doherty for making that room possible and the whole conference, in fact. Thanks, Steve. 
We did our best to record on ever-improving equipment, thanks to our Patreon subscribers who contribute to the costs of recording, so thank you very much to you. You know who you are. And you could be one too. Loads of benefits, sneak previews, free ebooks, and an inside track, as well as that warm, fuzzy feeling of helping out your fellow man, or men in our case. And if you subscribe, we will read your first 10 pages of a sitcom script and do a little podcast about it uh, for Patreon subscribers. In fact, we did one in person with one of our subscribers who was at the Craft of Comedy Festival, so we got her in and chatted to her, and you'll be able to hear that soon on a secret page of Patreon-only podcasts. So do Google Sitcom Geeks Patreon and you'll find out more information, but let's get back to the delightful Lawrence Howarth. Just to have gone, one of the, one of the very interesting things about this business was... For the BBC, it's relatively news in my career for the BBC to be attacked from the left. I mean, the general line of attack has been that it's a lefty organisation and it's been attacked from the right. You know, it's been relentlessly attacked by the Daily Mail and from and from the right. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I, I reflecting on this that I thought is is that obviously the BBC there's a lot about balance and that's right. That's absolutely right. But balance doesn't mean that you have to make the same types of jokes about the left and the right, because that's not they're, they're not funny in the same way. And one of the reasons I think that there is this particular outrage around sketches about Jeremy Corbyn is that the people who support him do so with extraordinary zeal mm-hmm. and feel that he is not just, he, I like that guy, I'm going to vote for that guy. They feel he is the most important thing potentially to happen in British politics in 50 years, 100 years. Yes, since the establishment of the NHS. Whereas, my, I, I don't know, but I would imagine that even Theresa May's biggest fan would say, I think she's a, I think she's a competent and yeah. sensible and good person. So the joke against Theresa May yeah. is floundering and incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the joke against Jeremy Corbyn is that he, he partly and his supporters largely set him up yeah. as this extraordinary, pure yeah. socialist figure. Yeah. This is our chance. And so it's actually, yeah. it is a bigger joke. I was, yeah. one, the one thing I'll concede is that the joke against Jeremy Corbyn is a bigger, a, a harder joke because of who he is. Yeah. And it, I can't, you know, I, it wouldn't be, you can't make the same joke. You can't make those mm. Theresa May type jokes about Jeremy Corbyn because that's missing the point, yeah. really. In the same way that you had jokes about, well, yeah, you, you had Thatcher Kinnock jokes were very, very different in tone yeah. on Spitting Image, yeah. where you know they turned Margaret Thatcher essentially into a man mm. who smoked cigars and ate raw meat, raw steaks, and Kinnock was always a, a joke. Was a joke? Yeah, it was, was a always, bumbler. Never, yeah, yeah, never, yeah. never a serious no, contender. No, and whereas so you, you couldn't yeah. do a joke about Margaret Thatcher being bumbly. No, no, because that, that just yeah. wouldn't ring true. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. The 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 one the, the the one thing that has come out of it, the strange upshot, uh, uh, and similarly, I think with the, the the Frankie Boyle show we mentioned earlier, where David Baddiel, uh, Fr- Frankie Boyle, who has always been a very very strong supporter of the Palestinian rights, nevertheless took Jeremy Corbyn to task about anti-Semitism and that that so so there was a Ferrari about that so the Ferrari was already in the air then two weeks later the Tracy show happens there's another Ferrari and uh, one of the thing one of the upshots I think is that probably Frankie's show and Tracy's show have have had fantastic publicity well there is that absolutely there is that yeah and and uh, and you've kind of 
that you've had a, almost like you were talking about you've you've managed to kind of develop almost a sort of narrative arc of the, yes. of the Corbyn story out yes, of, that's kind right. of out of that fury. It was very funny as well because it so happened that we we'd filmed two of the written and filmed two of the Jeremy Corbyn sketches in the block of filming we do in advance of the series. Uh, and then it's, it's only three episodes. And then we knew that we, and the, for this week two we would film a topical, a topical one. So, and it just fell perfectly because th then the sketch there was a little glancing reference to the whole thing in the uh, in the sketch where Jeremy Corbyn's talking about doing something on Twitter and he says, "I've, I've, I've been on there. I've been on there, John. And I tell you, some of our lot are a bit much. Someone should tell them to tone it down a bit." Uh, which I thought was we talked about how much to acknowledge what had happened in the sketch. And we just thought if it's just a very glancing little thing, because Jeremy himself wouldn't probably be aware of it. We thought he might not well know know about any of this stuff. But as if he's just looking at there's something a bit strange going on over there, um, and it, it just it fell very nicely. And I, uh, uh, Tracy played that moment beautifully as, uh, as Corbyn and it, so it was, it was a, great, a great thing of actually being able to react in a, in a, just in a minuscule way but I hopefully, uh, you know, because also it was one of those things where we thought we can't make a big thing of it because most of our audience won't know what we're talking about. It wasn't, you know, it's a Twitter story and it, it had been in the papers but it actually wasn't a big story um, but it was, it was lovely to be able to, you know, just Tip the, 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 yeah. the wink ever so slightly yeah, yeah. about the whole thing. How, um, you know, it's, maybe it's too sort of too soon to tell, really, but how has this little experience changed you as a writer, maybe, or made you think differently about what you're doing? Or um, was it more just I, like this is a. Do you know what? I th I, overall, I think I have really enjoyed being reminded of the fact that people care. Mm -hmm. About this now, I think I think the way in which some of these people have expressed that uh, interest has been completely out of order. But at best, clumsy. At best, clumsy. Quite <laughs> love uh, that word. But 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 funnily enough, I, I mean, you know, one of the things that you get quite often as a uh, you know we've all worked in radio quite a lot, and quite often you put something out and it's sort of into a void Vanishes. and it's hard to sort of know that it's out there. And particularly when you're talking about things that are political things and politics is obviously very febrile and um, people are extremely... It's clear that what is happening at the moment is important, mm. <laughs> um, which, however you feel about it. Uh, and I actually have really... I've thought, well, actually, this is great. And it, it, it sort of steeled me to go... I'm glad that I wrote a sketch that was about important things to do with Jeremy Corbyn and was about, uh, you know, that aspect of he is this complex figure. Really, that's pretty much what the sketch was saying, is he's a complex guy, yeah. and which is why it's so ridiculous that people reduce it to you're either for him or against him. I've never really talked about my political views, and I'm not really going to hear, mm -hmm. but what I will say is that people assume... I hate Corbyn or I hate John McDonnell. I play John McDonnell in most of the Corbyn sketches, though not this one that was controversial. And the truth is, what I suspect it is for most people, you know, that I would meet, which is I have mixed feelings. You know, there are aspects of him, them that I like and aspects that I'm not so keen on. And, uh, you, you know, I, what I'm really proud of with that sketch is it, it's a sketch about a man having had a life before where he is at that moment. And, um, and being you know, we all have things in our past that we're embarrassed by, as it were. And I thought, well, actually, that's a great, you know, and it's not the sort of angle that it, it took a bit of time to get to that angle because it, it partly this was the second series of 
this format that we've done, and I wrote three Corbyn sketches before, and you're looking for new bits of the character that you can look at, obviously. And funnily enough, it came about because Liam Hurricane, who plays uh, Jerry Adams in the sketch, was, all, was in the show to play Jacob Rees-Mogg, so he was, he'd, all, he'd come along to a read-through, and we'd got talking, and he said, you know, I do Jerry Adams as well. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I sort of thought, yeah, of course, Jerry, Jerry Adams and Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, that's, that's very interesting. I thought, and I thought, I don't know, I might do something with that, I don't know. But it just sort of sat in my mind of going, that would be fascinating to see them. Because, they, you know, they were... It, Corbyn was a big supporter of Sinn Féin. And, you know, his supporters would say, made great efforts to bring them into the political mainstream and was ahead of the, the, the time in the sense that they are now, you know, in the political mainstream. Uh, you know, so, but, but at the same time, I remember just that feeling of... We all, the feeling in the room that we all had when we when sort of said, you know, Jeremy Corbyn somewhere and suddenly Jerry Adams shows up and says, Jeremy, mm. like this. And you sort of thought, well, that's funny straight away. Yeah. It's, uh, and, but also has that free son of, oh, God, where's this going? Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was which is, what, which is what satire should be. It should Absolutely. make you a little yeah, bit yeah. uncomfortable and yeah, keep yeah. you on your toes. Has it made you um, uh, sort of hanker after the simpler times <laughs> of... Because you know, you're also writing yeah. Dead Ringers and stuff as yeah. well, which is not without its controversy no. in our Brexit uh, days. No. Um, but does it make you hanker after the days of writing Rigor Mortis for Radio 4 <laughs> and um, Safety Catch? Because you, know, you are a sitcom yes, writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore, am, you're all right I'm, by I'm us. Kind of once we're doing a run of Dead Ringers at the moment, and once that finishes, I'm going to go and write a sitcom script. Y- uh, yes and no. I don't know. I, do you know what? I, I think the doing... The satirical shows that I've done, Tracy's show, Dead Ringers, in the last couple of years has been the most enjoyable period of writing on satirical shows that I've ever had in my career, and I've been doing these shows on and off for, you know, 20, 25 years, um, because because the audience cares and because what we're discussing matters. It's serious. I mean, it's, it's funny to even remember this, that for years and years, people used to say politics doesn't matter it's not yeah. who cares you know Westminster stuff doesn't matter it's the end of history yeah. and Dead Ringers when it started was mostly Radio 4 spoofs and TV spoofs and some politics but the politics was not front and centre and we certainly wouldn't do sketches about every single member of the cabinet and shadow cabinet in the way that we do now because no one cared yeah. they think it was not important and they thought oh god it's so boring Nobody think nobody says that yes. now. All, so, all the, know, yeah, it was you know for, for I better or worse. Back it, to the weekending days, I just sort of caught the tail end of it, and it was like, you know, the shadow housing minister. We didn't really get much of a mention, and you know, and you were really scrabbling around for political yeah. stories. We, and know, and now, Europe was toxic. Nobody yeah, wrote about no, Europe. No, that's nobody right. Cared. You know, now we're, we're doing. We've done Chris Grayling. We've done Sajid Javid recently. We've done Diane Abbott, obviously. You know, so with all these people, that are, and and uh, it's so it's great because. Because people are interested. In a way, it's a sitcom in its own right, isn't it? Mm. It's sort yes, of, it's, yeah, here yeah, is a yeah. cast of characters yeah, yeah. that is not of our making, really. But in one sense, I suppose it is. We voted for them. So, uh. and I think to go back to that time of uh, weekending when uh, you know, and we were writing on it together about mm. 20, nearly twenty years ago, and I think that that was <clears throat> that was kind of the end of the the, the, the previous phase of. The, the impressionist as the star, and so you'd had what 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 happened was that, that people like Chris Barry and Rory Bremner had v- voices of not necessarily people that everybody knew. Like I mean, Rory Bremner's was Peter Alice, the golf commentator, who you know ninety percent of the population had no idea who he was. But Rory's impression was so great that 
audiences loved Raw redoing Peter Alice, and Peter Alice became like a bigger star. And so you, but you, you're kind of coming to the end of that phase of, uh, and, and you had um, after Chris Barry and Rory, then you got John Colshaw, who's yeah. st still obviously the main yes, yeah, yeah. stream of the show, and and Jan Ravens, and both had been, uh, Jan had been in Spitting Image as well. So you had these kind of the, the, the personality, the big TV personalities and the sports mm -hmm. commentators and those kind of things. So that, that, that was dead ringers then. Yeah. As you say. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And now they're not. And it was, it was big on it. It was started. In fact, John Holmes was in one of the sessions earlier and was talking about. That it, it, which I'd sort of forgotten that Dead Ringers partly came out of a show that John and did with Andy Hurst called Grievous Bodily Radio, which was a, pretty much a sort of dead, a Radio 4 spoof. Um, and that, that whole strain of it came from there, and John, John and Andy wrote all the Brian Perkins stuff. And that was, yeah, that was the thing everyone and remembers it, it, from it was, Brian Perkins as yeah. a sort of... Uh, high, uh, Godfather uh, figure. Yes, that's right. Which was in Dead Ringers, dead, which is a big thing in the early Dead Ringers, but it had originated on a different show on the network, which they'd originally tried to sell to Radio 1, and then Radio 1 didn't want it, Radio 4 had it. So it's strange, the, the way these things come. But, but yeah, it, it, it's odd. I mean, a bit like what I'm saying about Jeremy Corbyn having changed over this period of time. Dead Ringers appears, everyone would say it's the same show as it was when it was mm. you know, first came on the air 18 years ago. It really isn't. It's fascinating. And, and we, I mean, it's, it's a topical show in a way that it never was. Yes, it was, and, the, and then when it went into TV as well, yeah, TV was I remember, beast, I remember again, the yeah. Simon Sharma yeah. parodies and stuff, and there was yeah. a lot of nice, yeah, lovely yeah. genre spoof, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely, but the yeah. politics was not high. It wasn't, no, it was, an, it, was, it was, we would do probably Blair and George W. Bush, mm. that might well have been it, I don't yeah. remember us doing... Yeah. Michael Howard or Ian Duncan Smith particularly or any, yeah. you know, and, like I, as, and as a consumer of I've, I've never really written much of this kind of stuff but as a consumer of politics I've, I've always loved Rory Bremner and I remember his first rate BBC Two series which actually half of it was not was, wasn't even impressions I think not all, mm. or some of it and they had Jeremy Hardy was the sort of a, a spare part in it and um, and I liked it because he did Richie Benno and that kind of right, really good yeah, he came yeah, to the yeah, fore yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, but then he sort of, when he moved to Channel 4, it suddenly all got quite political. Yes. And it was the rise of Blair. And then there was the Alistair Campbell sketches and stuff. And there was lots of hidden camera footage style of, of very detailed policy. And I was just like, have, <laughs> right. I'm not so fussed about the politics. Uh, yes. Can I have some jokes? That's a and bit, a bit more would, fun. Would, yeah. you, would you mind doing your Richie Benno again? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, politics felt a bit... And then the Iraq war made everybody much more agitated. Well, actually, it... it, it it didn't because because the majority of people did sort of seem to think the war was justified. That was the second one, and then once it seemed that people were being lied to, then suddenly politics blew up. Yes. But there was quite a long period where people talked about the end of history. Yes, absolutely. You know, in the nineties yeah, yeah. with the Cold and the, the War, two, and the, the two main. But there was nothing. There was no different. The other thing that people used to say is the two main parties are the same. Yeah, and, uh, and again, no one, no one's saying that anymore. No, which is probably healthy and healthier certainly. But, I think but, so. but it's. Yeah. Um, uh, it's funny to reflect how how difficult it was to get political material into topical shows. Yeah, <laughs> because because there was a resistance to it from the audience. And whereas now, if we try and do, we used to write quite a lot of Dead Ringers in advance. But now, if 
we have a sort of gentle gardener's question time spoof, as it were. Um, the, the audience don't care. They say, Why are you waste? Don't move. Yes, let's, get, let's get to the meat. Let's get to. Let's don't waste our time with this, which used to be the bit that they liked. Yeah, know, yeah. They sort stuff. of sit through the medicine of the t- political stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, right. Yes, before yes. you then got on the, to the. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, what was it? What was interesting as a, as a topical writer, and I remember certainly around that time as well as Dead Ringers, I was writing a show. Uh, the treatments on Radio 5 and there were, I was writing something like um, four sketches a week for, for 40 weeks a year and so uh, and, and the, the, you know Europe it was, you, however hard you try mm. you know there was never anything funny that you could say about yeah. Europe yeah. and you know yeah, you, could, right, yeah. you had the economy but what they should have said was you do realise that most people want to leave and aren't telling you the other thing we've not mentioned in that context that I think changes is the financial crisis yeah, yeah. Uh, which funny enough the Dead Ringers came off air I'm not saying the two things are linked. Uh, just before, just before the financial, the world financial system fell apart, yeah. and so when we, when we, I remember thinking, it, talking to Tom and Nev, two of the main writers on Dead Ringers, and thinking, it felt like Britain was a relatively contented place. Mm when we were last on air, and we came back, and it just you suddenly in writing for the show, you sort of it's a show that's we work very hard to sort of try and get to an emotional connection to how people are feeling about the news, as it were. And it was a, that side of things was completely different yeah. to how it had been before. And, and I really linked it more, le- less, I mean, Brexit hadn't happened when we came back. So we were off air from 2007 to 2014. Wow, that's a long period. Yeah, a long time. Uh, and, I, and I'd not written, I'd not written for the last couple of series of it, so I probably hadn't done it for eight or nine years or something. Um, but but the the actual sort of sense of what what how the country was relating to what was in the week's news and what it felt about it as much as we could diagnose that was completely different. I remember thinking, and it felt like the country was in such a different place emotionally, as it were. And this was even before the twenty fifteen election, which has shocked many people, and and then Brexit, of course, which was a this seismic event. So here's a big thought then to mm. maybe finish off with, because at this um, craft of comedy thing, Dave gave a keynote speech saying, you know. Mm banging the drum for audience sitcom, which is something that we all, all Absolutely. three of us really love. Yeah. And therefore, I wonder if one of the byproducts of politics feeling more like the grand soap opera, even though we've never needed a Dell boy to pull us all together more mm. than we do now and a shared comic experience. Absolutely, yeah. I wonder if subconsciously a, a sofa-based 2.4 children sitcom feels rather trivial Mm. compared to the great themes and now we've got loads of dark shows on BBC Two and Channel Four and loads of dystopian nightmares and stuff the idea that you've got two parents three children and a a wacky neighbour I think think that's true and I think those sorts of shows sort of assume that the the fundamentals of a society are fine as it were and that's that's is in question at the moment. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my feeling is always that, well, you know, you don't, you don't write it on the nose and that no. it isn't actually, you know, and you, like we've talked about, you watch a show like Modern Family, yeah. uh, which is an American sitcom about modern families and they're all rich and happy and live in lovely houses. But actually, you know, there's a lot of darkness in there. And a, a show like Horrible Histories, which, which interestingly was, Horrible Histories started in... 2009 so it, that was the first 
or right. you know, and, and I hate to use the word topical because it's a, yeah. a history show, but actually, you know, the kids watch it and they love that the, it's about poo and farting and people getting their heads chopped off and things. But actually, that's the only, that's the only bit my kids yeah. don't like about it. Oh, oh yeah. well, that's interesting. Yeah, they don't like the first series because it is yeah. very rude. Too much poo. They don't yeah. like it. Yeah. But if and you violent, yeah. if you um, look at the themes of horrible histories. They are very much, uh, and a lot of what goes out there comes very much through the prism through the of present now. Moment, of course, you know, of course. and I've, I'm very aware of that when I'm mm. writing. I mean, just the series that's going out next year. I've just written a, uh, a song about the history of democracy, and uh, you know, it's it, it's it's set in it starts in Athens and it kind of ends with you know. Winston Churchill, democracy is the worst form of, uh, that yeah, we have yes. until something better comes yeah, along. Yes, you know, right. whatever, yeah. whatever it's bad, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Yes, exactly. uh, and, and, you know, writing that song last week, literally, uh, I, you know, I was just very much aware of how I would have written this song completely differently even, say, five years ago. Yes, it's true. It's true. And one of the challenges of, I think, in almost everything I'm writing is to think... Um, it, am I trying to bring the two halves of the country together in my tiny, tiny way? I'm, the, the, the radio sitcom script that I'm going to write as soon as Dead Ringers is finished is a sort of hidden Brexit sitcom, really, which is to say it's not... I won't use that word in it at all. I've made that one of my rules. But it's about where the country... It's sort of partly about where the country is. And it's going to be... The main characters are going to be people who voted Brexit... But again, I'm not going to say that. That's just. But that's going to be that. What yeah, you're the talking about thing. with um, somewhere. The somewhere. The, they're they're yeah. somewheres. Yeah. yeah. Um, and th and I'm th one of the things I'm thinking a lot about is, do I do I try and write it for everyone? Do I try and write it specifically because the BBC would love to have a sitcom that was pro Brexit? You know, you know they, what I mean well, in that way. They keep saying they do. I don't. They think say, they well, do. I d okay, maybe that's true. Maybe, yes, but they've never asked me to write one, and I'm pro Brexit. Well, so. like, well, <laughs> what, yes, exactly. So I mean, it, it's. Maybe maybe they wouldn't want that. So that's yeah. that, that's probably my underlying suspicion yeah. is that they say they want that and they wouldn't. But at the same yeah. time, they they I'm sure do want a sitcom that it cannot be dismissed as simply as oh well this is the sort of thing that the BBC puts out and it's full of yeah. you know it's mediary and all and it's London centred and all that sort of thing. But it, but the fascinating challenge is to think well. You almost feel like you're reinventing the wheel slightly. These are questions that would never have occurred to me yeah. previously. Although you, you do have past form on this because you did do a sitcom about uh, an yes. honesty. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, which, yeah. You know, again, is, is not uh, is not two people and a sofa. No, and caused lots yeah. of complaints as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yes, um, Safety Catch. Uh, uh, yes, so this is a sitcom called Safety Catch, which was about. Um, the main character was a guy who worked for a company a bit like a sort of BAE Systems type of company. So a legal, absolutely legal. I was Everything that he did was absolutely legal. And he sort of felt bad about it, but didn't, not so bad that he actually ever got around to leaving the job. And it was based partly on a lot of people I knew at that time who would just, I'd meet them, go down to the pub and meet them and they would just moan about their jobs. And we as writers moan, we yeah. moan, but I don't think we would ever do it in that way because yeah. we know it's obviously it's we're not, a thing. We're not selling hand grenades yeah. to the no. Saudi government. No, but also we're not, you know, we're not, as it were, working for a marketing company no. where we go, I have no real interest in this. No one's a writer unless they have some personal investment in the idea of being one. Um, 
And so, funnily enough, the, the, the joke almost was to take that seed of truth of how a lot of people feel about yeah. their jobs and amplify it by okay. making it a really awful yeah. thing. Yeah. It then became about how this person squares what he does mm. with his own conscience. So he narrated it, and though I, I found it very difficult to get the right mm. technical way of doing that on the radio. I would have been much easier on TV <laughs> in a certain way. So to do that yeah. aspect of it would have been much easier. Other aspects would have been more complicated, probably. Yeah. Um, but it was really about how what the things we tell ourselves to square uh, yeah. to keep ourselves square with our conscience, but yeah. magnified from the fact that he was doing something that people would generally feel sorry about, uh, feel g- guilty about. Which I guess, as we finish up, because we need to mm, um, to finish, but therefore, for people listening who are you know fundamentally want to write sitcoms and stuff, yeah. actually, the times that we live in are a factor, and not only are your characters in a world that you are creating, your show is in a world that actually exists yeah. um, and the yeah. audience have their own worldview that they are bringing to it and their own feelings and aspirations and it's just always worth having a think. Absolutely. Not just why am I uniquely qualified to write this show but when the, when the commissioners ask those infuriating questions why am I watching this show or why is this, you know, and the George Costanza response is because yeah. it's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not actually good enough. Yeah, there no. needs to be a why now. It, there yeah. does. There absolutely does. And also, I think, as I say, I think I, I'm trying to work it out for myself, but I, I would imagine most writers are thinking you don't necessarily have to be directly addressing these issues, mm. but there are certain unspoken assumptions about, you know, I and mean, this is very true working with Radio 4, of what the Radio 4 audience is. And, mm. and actually, that's been blown out of the water. We, so we recorded Dead Ringers here on. Thursday night, and it was there was a couple of Brexit jokes, and they didn't like it. They did not like it in mm. a way that actually a London recording. I mean, they, they, you know, we always make sure there are laughs both ways. But and you go, but they were definitely a Radio Four audience. Yeah, and so you go, yeah, that's a very useful corrective to assume that the Radio Four audience is a sort of southern home counties audience. This is North Wales, you know, and and it, well, I think it was a, a leave area around here. And you sort of you must make sure that you are not assuming that you understand you know the country or that the, the, you're on safe ground. That yeah. We all agree on this, as it were. Those thing, a lot of those sort of things have uh, have been undermined, and that's a mm. useful thing creatively. Mm. I think one other thing as well for a new writer or for, for any writer when you're writing, and I think this is a an important lesson from from the, your experience of the last two or three weeks is. Uh, if you are writing about the world, you know, and you're writing topical stuff, you kind of do need to know in your head. You're, you know, that that ninety nine point nine nine percent of the times, it's nothing's going to happen. But someone, if someone picks you up on your sketch, you yeah. need to be able to say, actually, I stand by every line absolutely. that I've written. That's absolutely uh, right. And that's yeah. always been for me a thing anyway. But I, 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 I think sometimes you can feel like there's a great joke to be had that isn't necessarily the thing you believe. No. But or, based, it, it, or quite based on truth. Yeah. No, and it's, it is, it is you, a little, yeah. you go, is convenient rather than yeah. um, genuine. I, that's, sort of I, 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 I think that's absolutely right, Dave. And I had that experience of... I, you know, I, I, I think I sort of half knew that this might do because of the nature of the sketch. So when I wrote it, I was extremely careful and I looked into it all and looked not just at, as it were, things that were from, you know, there were a lot of articles about Jeremy Corbyn and, and Sinn Féin, which were effectively hatchet jobs on him. So I, you know, I thought, well, I've got to look beyond that because otherwise I'm just spouting, uh, 
you know, attack lines against Jeremy Corbyn. Mm -hmm. um, so then you went on to the Zionist mainframe. And then, uh, yeah, so then I spoke, yes, I spoke to, 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 to uh, the Jewish conspiracy. Yeah. And, uh, and They've they, got their they, own they, dark they, web. They, yeah, they, yeah, that was all sorts of... But no, they, they, <laughs> it's... Uh, and I, it, you know, we also talked a lot about it, uh, about the sketch, and we, we went through it very carefully and said... So, I mean, funnily enough, one of the things that has amused me about it is that, if anything... There is more, it's closer to the edge on Jerry Adams than it is on Jeremy Corbyn, funnily enough, that sketch, because it says, so one, there's an exchange where Jerry Adams says to Corbyn, and he was, I'll tell you with this guy, he was always a, a great supporter of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the, the Irish Republican arms struggle, and Corbyn goes, right, I've got, to, I've, got, I've got to correct you there, Jerry, all I ever did was try to bring about peace in Northern Ireland. And Jerry Adams looks at him and goes, you know, I, and I never supported your military campaign. And Jerry Adams then says, Right, right, and, and I was never a member of the IRA. Yeah. No, <laughs> gives him a little that, look. That, that moment, I just... It gives him a little look, which is one of those things where he says, what's great a, about that is that yeah. Jerry Adams does not say that he was a member of the IRA. Yeah. He just gives him a look, and whatever yeah. that look means between yeah. the two of them is whatever you think it means. Yeah, that's great. The sketch doesn't say, that, and in the sketch yeah. it also means it's very clear that Corbyn is saying what he would say, which is that he didn't support the yeah. military campaign. Yeah. Jerry Adams has misunderstood... His enthusiasm for Sinn Féin in yeah. that situation. So it's a very, that, that for me was the sort of beautiful moment in that sketch yeah. because it was also it, it you know that the, the, you could interpret it five different ways. Exactly. And exactly. That, that, that was so, that, that was the key moment for me. Yeah. Where I just so, thought yeah, this is but, a brilliant. But sketch. no, no one's. I'm yet to have the. Um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be inviting such things, but no, it is interesting <laughs> that nobody's. Objected to that from yeah, that maybe side of it. Something to look forward to. But the, uh, <laughs> the take-home is also weigh your words heavily. Yes. Um, because yes. you, you know, yeah, yeah. When, when your cricket match is interrupted with an exploding <laughs> phone, uh, then you need, sure you need to make sure that... And I was, I remember thinking... I, you really I had a sort of real sigh of relief because I went back mentally over the sketch and I think we watched it, maybe that again that yeah. night, and thought... All right. That's fine. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I stand by it. Well, um, Lawrence, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. We would happily love to talk to you again at greater length about that situation would be a comedy. An absolute pleasure. But yeah. uh, we are very grateful for um, bearing your soul slightly <laughs> on this uh, on this moment. So um, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Lawrence. And thank you for listening at home. And um, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.